Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 43. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, and download your Filler Up book today. It's free at CarsYeah.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am extremely excited to introduce my special guest today, Randy Nonnenberg. Randy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You bet. Let's go. Okay. Randy Nonnenberg is co-founder and content curator of bringatrailer.com, a website that brings us automotive enthusiasts a daily dose of automobiles that are available for sale from all around the world. It's like having your own personal assistant to scout out all the cool cars and trucks for sale so you don't have to. Bring a Trailer reaches all kinds of enthusiasts, from grassroots folks like me to high-end collectors like Jay Leno, Bruce Myers, and Goodwood's Lord March, all of whom have purchased cars from bringatrailer.com. A lifelong car guy, Randy brings us all our daily dose of fun and inspiration. So Randy, I've told our listeners just a little about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your history and your career, your business with bringatrailer.com? And, of course, your passion for automobiles. Yeah, sure. First off, I'm very uh, happy to join you today, Mark. Thanks Thank for you. having me. You bet. Um, yeah, I'm happy to, to tell you a little about a little bit about what um, we've been doing at Bring a Trailer and where that passion came from. I, um, I've always been really interested in classified listings of cars, uh, collector cars in particular. My dad and I, when I was a little kid, used to talk about the cars he had when he was young. And uh, cars that you know he didn't get to have because they were the fancy stuff back in the day that you read about in the magazines. And for whatever reason, that um, mapped onto the cars that were being bought and sold in uh, the local newspaper, which for me was the San Jose Mercury News in California, which I grew up, you know, reading every day before I went to school and uh, <laughs> on weekends. And that was sort of my recreational reading activity. Very and, um, cool. Yeah. So I, you know. Those, uh, those ads were written in a certain type of, you know, compact code that people used, you know, funny uh, code words for little things. You said you have to buy uh, space by the, you know, by the line back in the day before, uh, before the Internet. So I used to read those and, you know, I could rattle off, you know, what every, you know, 1964 Chevrolet SS had in terms of its options by all these acronyms and things. And people thought it was really bizarre, but um, that, uh, that was just sort of what I was into. And that, that stemmed into me, you know, being on the lookout for interesting cars. And this was before I had a license or had any use for a car, but it was still sort of recreation. So I did that for years and years, obviously before the internet. And then once I had my own car and got the opportunity to potentially buy one or start buying one and then sell one and then buy another, uh, I always stayed tuned into what was on the market. And that uh, uh, graduated into, you know, reading Hemmings as a junior high kid and then reading, you know, all the other print places that cars used to be for sale. And uh, it spread internationally when we would go on a family vacation or something. I would pick it up 
um, wherever we were in the local market and figure out what cars were for sale there. I mean, it wasn't realistic at all that I was going to get any of them, but it was just kind of interesting to, you know, travel through Germany and see that there were old 911s for sale and then travel to, you know, somewhere in the U.S. and, you know, find find something different than in my home newspaper, which I, you know, knew like the back of my hand. Sure. So, it was a kind of a funny habit that I had, and I never really shook it. You know, once the internet showed up and eBay grew and Craigslist grew, um, and you know, the all the uh, classified sites online came on board and, and really boomed. Um, I, I found myself, you know, just spending hours and hours going through classifieds and figuring out what was there, and just sort of keeping tabs on the market, whether I had a uh, you know a few bucks in my pocket or not. And um, that stemmed towards me, you know, making recommendations for a whole bunch of friends and, uh, and you know, people in our, our, you know, sort of inner circle of what kind of car they should get and when and, and from who and where to find a good deal and all that sort of thing. And I kind of became the de facto expert on that stuff, which stemmed into what I'm doing now. Well, it's a fantastic story about taking a passion that you had since a child and turning it into a career. Most people would say, well, classified ads, how to buy cars, it's already been done. There's nothing new to do there, but you did. You pivoted the whole thing and reinvented it for the rest of us so we could uh, basically have you do a little bit of a clearinghouse for us so every day we wake up we see what's new and what's fresh and get excited about it. So that's wonderful. As we continue down this journey, I'd like to start this talk with a success quote a saying that's been instrumental in forming your success in your life and your career. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Randy, take the wheel. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I have one um, that actually stems from um, being at the racetrack once, and, and you always see the, the either the after the race or before the race or the day before practice day, you see the drivers sitting at the table sort of signing posters or handing away postcards or whatever. And I was a kid, and I walked up, actually walked up to Dominic Dobson, if you know who that is. Well, he's, uh, he's been a guest on Cars, yeah, actually. Actually, okay, well, that's a nice little tie in there. Yeah. Um, he, uh, of all people, um, was sitting behind the, the uh, desk, and I said, you know, what do I need to do to be a race car driver when I was, a, you know, I was far too young, but I was walking up, starry-eyed, talking to a race car driver for the first time in my life, and he said, um, he looked at me and he said, you have to move and look ahead. <laughs> and I took that away, and it's always, whenever I make a mistake behind the wheel, that always rings in my ears, right? Because obviously I'm either not being smooth or I'm not looking ahead. And sure. when I, uh, I'm thinking about mapping that on to larger life or to business or to whatever else, I've always wanted to work in classic cars. I, I did a, a 10-year stint working in modern cars for you know Audi and for BMW and you know large corporations. But I always wanted to be in classics, but the, the angle for classics for me was always, where's it going? The looking ahead component, where, how do you inject either technology or something modern into the age-old uh, classic car equation, which, which uh, when you're looking to, you know, spend your time there, a lot of people do it. You're either hands-on working on the cars or you're selling the cars or you're moving the cars around, but there hasn't, there hadn't been a modern injection of, you know, something to shake up the classic car industry. So at Bring a Trailer, we think we've married technology and the collector car space in a, in a pretty cool way. And that, that kind of stemmed out of that 
um, quote that always rings in my ears, which is, you know, he's looking ahead. What is, where is this going to go? And I even do that today, trying to figure out, you know, where, what's the next step? What are people going to want out of the electric car hobby in the next 10 or 20 years and figuring out how to, how to, you know, be on the cutting edge of that. Well, Randy, that's great. And you did answer my next question about how you incorporated that quote into your business and life. So I appreciate that. You are looking ahead for sure. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars, that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy? My car passion comes from time spent in the garage with my dad, and a lot of people are lucky to, to have that sort of a story, but it, uh, it is certainly what kept me out of trouble as a kid and kept me learning about the mechanical nature of things, and that started from age old. My, my dad, when he was very young, Built car models, you know, out of testers' models, out of out of glue and paint and plastic, and customized them and did all this sort of stuff. And so that's something that I started when I was very young because he obviously had a interest in it and an ability. And I, you know, just sort of fumbled and spilled the glue everywhere, and we had a good time with it. I think that's sort of where where um, things started to take off. You know, it graduates from there to remote control cars to buying your first car and figuring out how to swap the tires around. And um, but it always started from, yeah, just sort of that connection that that I had to his early story of of working on car models, which uh, yeah, now now has carried carried all the way to present day. I was that same kid. I used to build those models myself. And when my son got a little bit older, I went on eBay and I found some really cool old models of the Ratfink. There you go. And I bought them from a guy, and I remember sending him an email saying, I can't wait to open these boxes and build these models with my son. And he sends this email with all these exclamation points. Don't do it. Don't do it. Those are collectors. They've never been out of the box. If you make them, you'll destroy them. <laughs> and I said, well, you missed the whole point of why I'm doing this. I'm reliving my youth with my child. So I really don't care about them being collector items. I just want to relive my youth with my son so he can experience what I did. So that's great that you share that story. Randy, what I'd like to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and, and really crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty. Would you share with our listeners a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in your career that really pushed you to a breaking point? And more importantly, share with us how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it. Like I hinted at, I worked in the car business for 10 or 11 years out of college, and I was really passionate about it. You know, love the companies that I worked for. And, you know, was blessed to travel, you know, all over the world and drive some amazing cars. I was always the guy that was too young to be driving this fancy new car. And it was a great era. Um, but it was, it was really challenging working, working in an environment. Uh, most of the car companies these days, even the cutting edge, you know, innovative ones are just giant, giant companies. It's a challenging cultural and hierarchical sort of monster that you, you need to kind of pick your way towards success through a very complex maze of, of uh, how that works. And that's true in the automotive business, and that's true in other businesses as well. In doing that for many years, it, it kind of became clear, um, and also through some inspirational professors in, in some of my studies and such, that I found that I was maybe better cut out to work in a smaller business environment where it's a little, little bit different culturally, such that it's not such a cog in a giant machine, but it's a the ability to initiate change or institute change is is um, can be felt much more rapidly. Yeah, so that that was difficult. But in a in a large company to find success like that, sometimes you bang against the ceiling 
three or four times before you can break through it. And I was lucky that I broke through and climbed up fairly well to a to a level that I was pretty happy with. Like I say, that uh, that siren call of doing something, breaking out and doing something on my own was something that um, was always there. And uh, eventually, luckily, I was able to uh, put something together to where that was viable and, and vibrant and interesting. And uh, that's what prompted my jump off to bring a trailer full time uh, in 2010. That's great. Randy, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. If you'd share a story when you had a real aha moment with your business, with bringatrailer.com, that time when you realized, you know what, this idea, this concept, I think it's really going to make it. And tell us what steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. There have been many of them along the way. It's funny. We started the BAT on the side, just sort of not ever anticipating it would do anything. You know, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't to make money or it wasn't like some, you know, financially backed sort of, you know, effort. It was two guys, you know, putting something online and starting to do some writing and playing around with something and messing with it until all of a sudden it became this, this, uh, giant thing that it is today. So. But there were there have been many successes in there. Um, some in particular were when we started to hear about other people who were reading it that we hadn't told about it, right? I mean, you, you have something that's sort of in your own little pool, and you're like, oh, yeah, Johnny's heard about it, and Scotty's heard about it, and because like, I've emailed it to them, right? And then, but all of a sudden, somebody on the other side of the country writes in and says, hey, I've been reading your stuff for a while, and here's what I think. And you're like, wait, how did how did you show up, you know? And then that starts to happen daily, and then that starts to happen hourly, and then that starts to happen, you know, in faster than you can keep track of. I think that sort of realization that this had gotten larger than us was a was a moment where we sort of said, wow, this go, you know, this could go beyond um, what we had ever thought. And um, once you gather such a large community of enthusiasts in one place, you know, obviously there are there are many things you can do with that and, and um, you know, make that make that a rich place for them to spend time and that's what we've tried to do. So that was big and then, you know, the big the big um headline worthy type stuff is when the, the famous collectors started to follow B A T and buy cars off of B A T when um, you know, Jay Leno bought his Falcon straight from a bring a trailer seller and said Bring a Trailer is one of his favorite websites and then when uh, Jerry Steinfeld talking to David Letterman on on the show and says he better look at BAT in the morning, you know, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. kind of blows your hair back and you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, this is crazy. So anyway, we've had some lucky sort of uh, sort of chances like that that have come our way and we've uh, we've been fortunate for it. Oh, I shared that, that the fun with that because I just started this Cars Yak two months ago. Two months ago yesterday. And I was looking at some analytics last weekend, and all of a sudden I started seeing, wow, there's people in New Zealand, in South Africa, in Europe, in Asia, listening to this show. That's pretty cool. I'm reaching... Very cool. Reaching out. <laughs> yeah, it's. I know how you feel. You start to go, wow, uh, because I don't have this giant marketing budget. Like you started something very small and just trying to reach out to inspire automotive enthusiasts by talking to people like you. And I love the fact that you started the site as something fun and passionate, and it's grown into an actual career. So that's a fantastic story for you. And and, uh, I don't remember when I first heard about you, but I remember all of a sudden somebody forwarded me an email saying, hey, you should sign up for this website. And I know that was, was years ago. 
When did you start Bring a Trailer? Uh, we started it in January of 2007. Okay. Yeah. Um, the the uh, yeah. So it's it's um, so come 2010 we did it on the side. My friend and I have started it. Did it on the side, just um, kind of having fun with it um, until we realized yeah it could be something larger. And then we we both quit our jobs in 2010 and went all in and have been doing so ever since. Well, that's fantastic. What a fun fun story, fun entrepreneurial story for sure. Let's have a little fun here. What was your first very special car? And if you could share maybe some adventures or modifications or memories you had with that vehicle. It's funny. If you look at the website, you can see that I'm a generalist. I like Japanese cars. I like German cars. I like American cars. I like Italian cars. I'm not a a, a niche specialist by any means. (laughs) I started, uh, I actually started with trucks. My first Nichols were Toyota Land Cruiser FJ40s, which um, used to be just something cool that I saw driving around in California. You know, California culture, everybody driving around in the summer with, you know, no top on their four-wheel drive, and it was that's kind of what I was into. I was really inspired by that. I wanted one of those. So that was the first project car that my dad and I got, and I had one of those and then upgraded it and traded it for another one with a V8 in it and drove it to high school and thought it was so great. And then I got the Mustang bug and sold that and bought a 65 Mustang, but always wanted that FJ40. So the second paycheck I got out of college, I bought another FJ40 and ended up basically building an exact replica of that first one I had in high school. And I still have it, and I'm never going to sell it. Oh, (laughs) very cool. uh, Yeah, it's one of those that is uh, just kind of part of me, you know, it's never, I'm never going to breathe another another breath without being an FJ40 owner. So it's, it's kind of my thing. We interviewed Jonathan Ward of Icon, who you, I'm sure you know, and for his, uh, his work on those types of vehicles. Wonderful vehicle. I spent many a day with my friend who had one driving down south of San Diego to Baja to spend the weekend surfing down at K22 and some of those spots down there. And those are great vehicles. They're a lot of fun. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And Jonathan, Jonathan's amazing. And the kind of trips you're talking about is, is just I don't know if it's an escape fantasy or what, but yeah, I just love jumping in that thing, and, and it kind of reminds me of old times in a in a in a pretty cool and inexpensive way. You know, I mean, some people are are talking about those cars and restoring them to perfect and selling them at big auctions and stuff. But honestly, I still like the kind of ratty ones that you find in the find on Craigslist. You know, that are about ten thousand bucks that don't have a top, and you yeah. drive them around in the summertime and throw a tarp over them in the winter. Those are the good ones, if you ask me. Oh yeah, those are great. Let's talk a little bit about Sellers Remorse. Is there a vehicle that you've sold in your past that you really wish you had back? Uh, sure. Well, don't we all? I mean, there are there are cars that have come and come and gone, and I, because of my sort of balance sheet, I'm not the kind of guy that can just keep adding and adding and adding. When one comes in, it's pretty much one has to go out. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's been a fairly high turnover as a result because there's a lot of things I love to get my hands on, but I'm never going to be able to own them all at the same time. So I, um, before all this Porsche madness uh, with the market had happened, um, I had a a 356A, a silver 356A, which is my favorite Porsche. Oh, what year was it? uh, 1959. Oh, you know, I I just interviewed Tony Singer, and he just acquired a 59A coupe that was his dream car that he'd been chasing from a guy for years. And that also happens to be one of my dream cars as well. So tell me about that car. I mean, that car was, I bought it in 04, which is not that long ago, but I 
kind of promised myself before my 30th birthday I was going to own a Porsche, and I figured out how to do it with this 356A off of Craigslist. This was pre-Bring a Trailer. If it had Bring a Trailer had existed, I would have put this car on it for sure because it was uh, in a garage here in San Francisco from a guy, you know, who was a little a little older than me and had, you know, had a couple kids, and this thing was collecting dust and didn't have an interior in it, ran, but needed some help, but it was silver black A coupe, which was mostly there and nice. you know, had, it, had it going on. So I went over and scraped everything I had together and gave him, you know, 14000 bucks for the car, convinced my wife that this was a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> Could you share with us how you do that? There's a lot of guys that need to know how to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, she was supportive. I honestly don't know why. It was in our first year of marriage. She let me go buy a piece of junk Porsche. But it, um, yeah, ended up, I mean, I ended up okay on that car because I poured a bunch of money into it, but the market kind of followed. And I basically broke even on the car and, and got to have a silver 356 and run it on a bunch of our local events here in Northern California for, I had it for, what, six years. I actually had to, had to part with it because I needed the funds to start the business full time. So yeah. it was a worthy, a worthy trade. I'm certainly glad I did it, but if there's one that I miss, that, that is certainly the car. Well, I have a feeling you'll have another one someday. So uh, you can't look back. I've had this talk with many of my guests on Cars Yeah. You just can only look back with fondness and move forward because uh, those those moves you make at the time were the right moves at the time. And uh, I can tell you stories of cars that have passed through my hands too. So I understand. This next question, I have a feeling, of, I hope you tell our listeners about something very new with bringatrailer.com. Is there a current project that you're doing right now that has you really excited? Absolutely, Mark. That's uh, You're lobbing me that one. That one's pretty easy yeah. to get out of the park. <laughs> we, um, just today, actually, after I um, move on here later this afternoon, we are launching um, Bring a Trailer Auctions, BAT Auctions, we call them. And we've, um, we've been working on this for a couple of years, actually, figuring out how to launch this and offer it to our readers because... We've been listing cars exclusively on the site called BAT Exclusives, which were fixed-price listings for our readers, and they've been wildly successful. And people, the, the main problem with them is that people list these cars, and they're they're vetted, and they're very popular and well-presented, and the next morning, these people are inundated with interest, and it's created an uncomfortable situation because so many readers want to write in and get a car, and it's getting the car has become winning the lottery and the, the rest of the people are upset and don't think they can have the car or have a fair shot at it. So it's almost we've created a monster of too much demand for these cool cars. So the, the new model we've just rolled out, uh, it's about to roll out today, and we're rolling it out with three of our own cars actually to test it out, which has made some waves, is an auction model to allow people to bid on it and to arrive at, at a proper price with the seller. And yeah, to kind of give everybody a, a fair shake at getting some of these neat cars. So, yeah, people will certainly ought to check it out on the site. Uh, if they're listening very quickly, when you get this up on the uh, uh, on your website, they'll be able to catch the first auction. But we're going to be doing these uh, in a weekly cycle. So midweek, every week on Wednesday, there'll be this crop of cars that go off at auction that people can can uh, have that, that Wednesday afternoon or Thursday. So it's going to be pretty exciting. Oh, it's really exciting. I was so excited when I saw it this morning, that white M3, I want that car. <laughs> yeah, and, I, you and a lot of others, my I, friend. I you know, and a lot of others. I know, but you know, it, I am going to post this show today, but I'm glad you mentioned that it's every Wednesday. And I want to remind our readers, if you go to bringatrailer.com, you can sign up to get 
their daily emails, and you'll start getting these notices of these auctions so you won't miss out. Just sign up, get on their email list, and you'll you'll hear all about this new venture they're they're enjoying. That's awesome. Here's an interesting question, Randy. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Um, that's a good, that's a good one. It's a little bit obscure. Think yeah. about what car you'd be. Um, yeah. Yeah. I kind of map that onto the cars that, you know, that I like. I try, I would definitely be something, uh, that may sound funny, but something probably a classic that's affordable because <laughs> I, I don't like a lot of the sort of pretense of a lot of collector car things. Sometimes, even when you're talking in non-car circles, you talk about collector cars or classic cars or restoration, and there's this that it's kind of a rich man's game, right? It's kind of a hoity-toity uh, sort of sort of circle. I, I actually feel it's, it's quite the opposite. I really am excited when it's a very accessible um, sort of hobby, right? I grew up with buddies driving Datsun 510s, and I had a BMW 2002, and we had these sort of cars that are still pretty cheap to mess around with, you know, fairly cheap entertainment. Yeah. And so if I was a car, I'd probably be a... 2002, maybe a TII if I was lucky, something like that. I have German German heritage, and those are uh, kind of a cool, attainable car that make people smile, but also aren't uh, aren't too highfalutin. You know, that's kind of that feels like me, maybe. I think that's a great choice. Yeah, I love those cars. They are have become really iconic, and I love the comment, Nick, and I love if I'm lucky a TII. So that's yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So Randy, this is a fun part of our talk. I call it the last lap. And this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Clean up your tools. Don't run a messy operation. <laughs> I like that. Clean up your tools. That's the first. That's the first on this show. <laughs> Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? I always like to look for inspiration in somebody's overall story. You asked for a quote earlier, but it kind of goes beyond that for me. I kind of like to see somebody's overall, um, you know, overall life and lifestyle and choices that they've made. And so looking for people's, people, individuals as uh, either mentor or inspiration is something that's taken me far and I think takes, uh, takes people far in general. Oh, that's a tremendous answer and so important, especially for entrepreneurs and, and new young entrepreneurs. To find a mentor, find somebody that can give you inspiration and guidance, it's really important. So that's great. Do you have a resource other than bringatrailer.com that you could share with our listeners? Maybe a website or a form or someplace you really like to go? Um, online. It sounds like you're talking about online. I spend a fair amount of time online, as you imagine. But I actually may pick an offline answer, which is some of these books that have been put together of photo collections from the early days of, of classic cars and racing and my favorite eras of, you know, the, the 50s, 60s um, of, you know, racetrack photos and such. Roy Spencer has put together a book called Motor Binder recently, which is a book of large collection of photos here in San Francisco. And the heritage of that, the feel and how people dressed and how simple things were and how the cars looked in their sort of native environment when they were new are resources for me because they inspire me to, to kind of, uh, inject that sort of authenticity into cars that I'm messing with now and, and building and writing about. His father was Bev Spencer, who was the Buick and Ferrari dealer here in San Francisco, and they have a they have a really slick story. You got to put him on your show. He's a 
a cool guy, and his book is on the shelf here at BAT, and it's kind of the first one everybody grabs off the shelf here at BAT. Oh, great. Well, I'd love an introduction to him. That would be great to have him on the show. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Now, you talk about his book, but is there another book that you've recently read that you really enjoyed? When it comes to, yeah, um, books other than those sort of photo inspirational books, I really like uh, biography works just because it kind of maps back onto that inspiration and and um, things that I like to seek out in, you know, character of others who have gone before. So I like, uh, uh, you know, biography books from all, all walks, not just automotive. You know, I mm-hmm. read DiMaggio's biography, who grew up here in San Francisco, and and presidents, you know, Lincoln and, and Washington and Jefferson and the early guys. And, yeah, just things that tell the story of different successful people and the challenges they've faced and things you can learn from that is a... Uh, kind of more my thing than than reading fiction. Yeah, great. Well, listeners, I'll remind you that all you need to do to find all these resources that Randy has shared with us today is go to carsyad.com slash Randy Nonenberg. Just put Randy in the search bar and his show notes page will pop up and you can see and read and find links to all of these resources. All right, Randy, we're up to the checkered flag here. And I know that your uh, time with me is a little bit short because you've got to get to this uh, first auction of yours today. This last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, something you couldn't sell to buy other cars with, and money is no object, what would that car be? But more importantly, why did you choose it? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Um, At the moment, I think since it's the one that got away, a... Nineteen fifty nine silver black three fifty six coupe, preferably a uh, Carrera four cam car. Oh yes, and a little bit modified, not quite stock, so it's a little different than everybody else's. It's something that would be my car, and if that was it, that would be the end all. I wouldn't need uh, I wouldn't need anything else, Mark. I'd take that one and be good to go. <laughs> what is it about that car that you enjoy so much? Um, I you know the simplicity, the sporting nature, the fact that they were kind of you know designed for transportation, but for a guy that wanted to go driving fast on the weekends at the racetrack with a different set of seatbelts or, or however, something about the dual-purpose nature and how small they are, the fact that everything is there sort of in a very German way, intentionally and for a purpose. It's no frills, you know? Somehow the the um, functional design of the bathtub sort of coupe somehow became beautiful. I think it was kind of bizarre looking, but somehow its simplicity made it beautiful, and then that made it check that box as well. So it's just sort of an all-around winner for me, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I would agree. Those cars hold a special place in my heart as well, so uh, excellent choice. Randy, you've taken us on a great ride today and really enjoyed your stories. It's been fun to talk to you and learning about the new adventures at bringatrailer.com. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with our listeners. Could you give them one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 59 coupe and let them know what's the best way for them to learn more about your business, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, the the parting shot is I've been super lucky to be able to, as you said, turn something that I've been passionate about since I was a kid into what I'm doing each day. And it's not easy to do and not many people get to do it. So I realize that I'm very lucky for that. But a lot of people, I think, um, sort of stuff down or ignore what they really wish they were doing and end up doing something else. And if there's any way you can write on a whiteboard the thing you really wish you could do and shoot after that, um, even if it makes a little bit less money or whatever else, it's, it's 
tremendously valuable and worth it to uh, be able to do that every day. Um, and if people want to, yeah, get in touch with me or see what we're up to at uh, at BAT, they're welcome to go to BringAtrainer.com um, and see cars every single day featured there, sort of the best of the best, the cream of the crop from around from around the internet, and then also check out our new. Uh, listings on a weekly basis that are being auctioned off on the site. Well, that's great. And your parting comment really struck a chord with me because what Cars Yet is all about is inspiring automotive enthusiasts. And you've been a very inspiring automotive enthusiast. And hopefully your words of wisdom will take somebody who's maybe successful in their career but not doing what they're really passionate about and take that step outside that comfort zone like you did and start something of their own and go down that path of passion for what they love, and that's automobiles. So I appreciate that. Listeners, you can find links to everything that Randy shared with us today, again, at carsyad.com slash Randy Nonneberg. Thank you, Randy, for being so generous with your time and your expertise and sharing your story and your experiences with us today. Until we talk again, we'll see you down the road. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.